Welcome to the English Language Institute of Singapore's podcast. I'm your host, Charmaine. And I'm your co-host, Caroline. This is the second episode on Sharon Ng's Classroom Inquiry, titled Exploring Fluency in Oral Communication. In the first episode, we learned from Sharon how she started on her classroom inquiry, what motivated her, and how she identified the focus and crafted her inquiry question. My inquiry question was, how does secondary one student's choice of topic affect their fluency in oral communication skills in presenting? To help my students develop their fluency when speaking, I designed a unit for one term. In the first three weeks, I taught my students specific aspects of oral communication, such as pronunciation, intonation, syllable and sentence stress. In the remaining seven weeks of the unit, I provided opportunities for my students to speak on what interested them. I encouraged them to express their thoughts and feelings with each other and me. My aim was in developing them as fluent speakers. I also wanted to improve my students' attitude towards speaking and develop their confidence in presenting their views. Sharon, tell us more about your students choosing their topics of interest. I gave my students a choice in selecting their topic of interest for their speaking task. I noted the topics they chose. Most of them spoke about topics which were the most popular for teenagers at their age, such as my hobby, my favourite celebrity, or my favourite food. So, how did I design my inquiry? As I wanted to see whether students' choice of topic based on their interests made a difference to their fluency, I believed it was important to collect data that indicated improvement in my students' fluency. As my inquiry focused on students' oral communication skills in presenting, I recorded them when they were presenting on different topics and subsequently examined these video recordings. And when you were examining their video recordings, what helped you to assess your students' fluency? I referred to the ER syllabus for the criteria for measuring fluency. These comprised being clear in your pronunciation and articulation, making few mistakes in stress and rhythm, having few long pauses and fillers, projecting your voice, and being aware of the purpose, audience, and context when you are speaking. These were clear, specific criteria to assess fluency in oral communication skills in presenting. And so what types of data did you collect? Mm, I collected and examined both quantitative and qualitative data. I looked at the scores awarded for my students' video recordings using the criteria to assess fluency. These scores were the quantitative data. I also examined my students' reflections and my feedback from the notes I made on the students' video recordings. These written reflections and notes were the qualitative data. Being clear about what I wanted to focus on and constantly keeping in mind my inquiry question helped me to decide what data to collect and analyse. From my qualitative data, I made notes of what I observed in the students' reflections and their video recordings. Then, I extracted the most common keywords and ideas from my notes. After doing that, I color-coded and grouped similar ideas from my notes into categories. For example, clarity in pronunciation, hesitation, pauses and fillers, and motivation and engagement. This process of coding and categorizing 
helped me to make sense of my data. It also gave me a better picture of where my students were in terms of their fluency in oral communication, beyond just the scores awarded to the students. I gained insights from my analysis of the qualitative data, which enabled me to make sense of my quantitative data. I see. And what else did you find from analyzing your data? In the past, nearly all my students had errors in their pronunciation whenever they spoke. One example is syllable stress in words that function as nouns. For example, present, where the stress is usually on the first syllable. Or verbs, for example, present, where the stress is on the second syllable. Generally, I found that when presenting a topic of their choice, my students did not now have the pronunciation errors that they had before. They became aware of what was required and were conscious of how they came across to an audience. In addition, previously for each speaking task, nearly three quarters of my students used to have long pauses with fillers of mm, ya, or ah in every other sentence. When they were given a choice of topic to speak on, they used less fillers. Hesitation also became less frequent over time. Nearly all of my students could speak, with fewer instances of stuttering and their pace was faster. They were confident and expressive in their oral communication. Overall, they were clearly more fluent. In addition, they were motivated and eager to engage in speaking tasks. In the past, I needed to prompt and encourage many of them to speak. Now, I found that nearly all my students readily volunteered to participate orally in class. They also showed a higher engagement level when given a choice of topic as well. In the past, they would just record themselves once when they spoke and then were done with the task. Now, they were eager to do an average of three recordings of themselves, making the effort to improve with each attempt. They engaged in the speaking tasks with a sense of ownership. Wonderful! It must have been encouraging to you to see how your students improved. Yes, and I also noted that when they were at times a little too relaxed, they slipped into an informal register where they used Singlish or when their pace of speaking was too fast. This affected their pronunciation, especially the final consonants. Over time, they became conscious of these aspects of oral communication. They paid more attention to how they came across to others when they spoke and learned to pace themselves. They developed metacognitive awareness of their spoken skills. I see. And what conclusions did you draw from these findings? Well, I discovered that creating opportunities for my students to decide their choice of presentation topic helped them to speak more fluently. From this inquiry, I learned that being intentional about creating opportunities for students to decide on their choice of topic enabled them to be more fluent in their oral communication skills in presenting. They also became better engaged in lessons and were motivated to learn. This was heartening for me. While cultivating the skills of self-regulation and self-determination in their own learning, my students could still achieve the learning objective of becoming fluent speakers. Sharon, can you tell us how you communicated your inquiry findings? I designed a poster to present my inquiry findings. This multimodal mode of presentation was apt as the current ER syllabus encourages the viewing and creating of multimodal texts. 
I wanted to experience the process of putting together a multimodal text for myself. I would then understand the skills my students would need. I also felt it would be a refreshing way of presenting my data through exploring the use of software like Canva. Sharon, what advice and tips do you have for other teachers who are interested in undertaking inquiry? I think the most important takeaway from my experience with classroom inquiry is maintaining an open mind. When we have introduced a strategy in class, we may be more inclined to assume that when a strategy works, if it isn't broken, why fix it? However, even if what you have been doing is effective, it is useful to find out why it is effective and whether it will continue to work for different groups of students. This is encouraging to hear, Sharon. And are there any final thoughts that you'd like to leave our listeners with? The biggest deterrent for me at the start was thinking that classroom inquiry had to be a super big formal project based on a lot of data and analytical skills I thought I didn't have. Being language teachers, I think many of us have a fear of all things mathematical or statistical. Now, I realize that inquiry really enables us to explore an area of interest, design a plan to find answers to our inquiry question, and collect data on a small scale. This could be from a single lesson. Knowing now that all this is doable makes inquiry far less daunting. I'd like to encourage more teachers to be open to trying your hand at classroom inquiry. You never know what you can do until you give it a shot. Thank you, Sharon and Caroline. That brings us to the end of this second episode on exploring fluency in oral communication. You can find a link to readings and resources in this episode's show notes located at go.gov.sg forward slash ELIS podcast. Thank you for listening.